Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and how we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube. Just look at the When the Scriptures Become Real. You can also find it anywhere you can get your podcast and listen to the audio version there. We're so thankful again that you're with us today. And this is a uh, this one's a special episode today. This one's actually a request. Uh, we actually had a topic before we were going to do today, but we had a request, so I wanted to do this one. And this was actually a request from a, a young lady that I know from from camp and from a, a long time ago in Collinsville. So uh, Avery Wyatt, right? I appreciate her and her family and the Wyatt family and what they do. Um, always appreciate their friendship and everything they mean to the church and the congregation where they are. Uh, she actually requested this topic, and it was a really good one. And I said, well, let me forget what I was doing. Let me do this one. So this one's entitled uh, Glorifying God with Our Speech and How to Control It. And uh, she gave a great topic for me to to study about. And so, Avery, I hope that this can help you uh, as we kind of look through some things about glorifying God with our speech and learning how to control it. All right. So that's going to be our topic for today. So, you know, our speech and our tongue, it's it's the hardest thing to learn to control. It's one of the hardest things. There's a lot of hard things to control, um, but our speech is one of the hardest things to learn to control. And so, you know, if you look at it in today's society, it's deemed as okay to say what you want, when you want, and how you want. And so uh, basically, there's basically no restriction. And so, you know, do you want to post your feelings? Post it. You want to make a video of how you feel? Make a video. You know, but in this world, how can we as Christians in this in this type of society, how can we learn to control our speech, but also at the same time continue to glorify God in what we do? And so as we look through this today, there's a couple things I want to look at and learning how to control our speech. But there's a couple things, you know, I you know, I was thinking about which way am I going to go, you know, as we talk about this. Obviously, we can go to James, right, chapter four and talk about the tongue and learning to control that, which that's a beautiful text there in James. But I think that there's some stuff. Um, I believe there's some stuff that we have to understand in order for us to know how to control the tongue. Right. I really believe that there's some stuff we have to understand first, even before we get to James chapter four. OK, so here's what I want us to understand. So here's a couple things that we have to learn to control in order for our speech to be controlled. All right. So number one, here's the first thing. So we have to learn how to control the heart before we can learn to control our speech. So notice this. So when the heart is referenced right in the Bible, it always refers to the mind and not the beating heart that pumps blood. Okay, so you got to keep that in mind. So we have to learn how to control our heart. So I want you all to look at this. Let's look at Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four. And I want to notice verse number 23. All right. And this is how we're going to get started again. If you're new to the podcast, you know, open up your Bibles with us. You know, we want to study together. You know, I don't want you guys just to trust my word for it. You know, let's open up the Bible and let's look at what this says. All right. So Proverbs 4.23, the text says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. So this is how this verse was explained to me. You know, when when it talks about keeping your heart or your mind with all diligence, it literally means to put a guard around or to set around. So 
if your heart is set with all diligence, then it says for out of it, for out of what? So that it refers to the heart there. So out of it comes the issues of life. So what's an issue of life? Controlling your speech. So if controlling my speech has been a problem for me, if controlling my speech as a Christian has been an issue for me, then guess what? I'm not learning how to control better before. I'm not learning how to control my heart because I'm not controlling that with all diligence. The reason why my speech is, is going left field is because my heart was already in left field. It's not like my heart went over there. My heart was already there. And so I had opportunity. And so I said it. And so here's what we got to realize. We got to give some diligence when we're protecting our hearts. And so in order to guard and in order to protect the heart, it takes hard, constant effort to do this. Okay. And so here's something that we need to understand as we're talking about our speech. And I think we have a misconception sometimes about our speech. You know, I've said it. Everyone in the world has said it at some point. You know, when something happens, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you did. We all, we meant to say it. And so here's what happens. We don't, when we talk about our speech and when we talk about our heart, guys, we don't just say words. That's, that's impossible. You can't just say something. And then they, I'm putting up quotations, then they accidentally come out. See, the words we say, they either do one of two things. So the words that we say and the words that come out of our heart or our mind they were number one, they were said in immediate anger, and because we didn't know how to control it, we knew what we were saying, but we said it anyway. Or number two, it was either premeditated, what we were going to say, but we just held it back. So we, we already knew what we wanted to say, but the opportunity presented itself to say it. So basically, I've been thinking about it. And then the opportunity to present itself uh, occurred, so then I said it. So words don't just come out. Words that come out of your mouth are developed either in immediate anger or they're premeditated and you just hold it back. But then the opportunity presented itself and you couldn't control the tongue and then you said it anyway. So this is why it says in Proverbs 4.23, if you don't learn to protect the heart, if you're not diligent with the heart, then out of your mouth, out of the heart, more evil is going to come out, the issues of life. So here's a couple of things that we need to understand about the heart too. Number one, the heart is a reflection of who you are as a man or a woman. Notice this. Look at Proverbs chapter 27. We're going to stay in Proverbs for a while, guys. I think this is a book that we don't study as often as we need to. And myself included, I think I really need to go back and look at a lot of things in Proverbs. But this book is just full of wisdom on this stuff. Okay, so look at Proverbs 27. And uh, let's look at verse 19. Ooh, this is good. So notice, as in water, face answers to face. So the heart of a man to a man. So notice what he's saying here. He's saying your heart. It's, it's kind of like when you look, you know, y'all remember, y'all remember uh, to give you a Disney reference. You remember Lion King, my favorite movie of all time. Remember in Lion King when uh, when Rafiki led uh, led Simba to the water and Simba thought his father was there. 
But then when he looked into the water, he just saw a reflection of himself. And so the example that the Proverbs writer gives, he says, so when you look in water, whatever you have, you can't hide it because water is going to give you a direct reflection of what you put out there every time. So then he's saying this. So just like that water gives a perfect reflection, he says your heart, what you think, and eventually what you say, that gives a reflection of who you really are. So you can't, so the way that you can't hide your physical image to water, he says you cannot hide your heart by the words that you say. At some point, it's going to come out. At some point. And so this is why, again, going back to our home base verse in verse 23, this is why we got to take some effort to protect that heart. Because as, as hard as we try, whatever is in there is going to come out. When the opportunity presents itself, it's going to come out. And so we got to protect it. So the heart is a reflection of who you really are. Then number two, here's what else we can understand about the heart. The heart can be trained to do the right thing. I think a lot of times when we go to James chapter four, when, when it talks about the tongue can no man tame, we kind of we kind of look at that and say, well, you know, no man can tame it. So, I mean, there's no use in me trying. I know I'm going to fail. I know I'm going to make mistakes. That doesn't give you the excuse not to try harder. Right. It means you should try harder to control it. So notice. So the Proverbs writer tells us that the heart can be trained to do the right thing. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10, and look at verse number 8. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 10, and look at verse number 8. So notice, the wise in heart, what we've been talking about, right, the mind, the wise in heart will receive commandments. So it's possible for my heart to be trained to continue to receive the right things. But then he gives he gives us the opposite. But a prating fool he shall fall. So not only is the heart, of, heart a reflection of who you really are, but the heart, even though your heart might be bad right now, you can retrain it to do the right things. Because if you're wise in heart, the text says that you will receive commandment. So you can change your heart right now. So maybe you have had a heart uh, that's been bitter, right? That's been talking about people behind their back. That's been talking about you know, other Christians to other Christians, you know, what you need to do, you need to transform and you need to convert your heart. And I'm talking to myself too. We need to convert the heart. So the heart can be trained to receive the right things. Then number three, this kind of goes along with number two, but good things can actually be kept in the heart. Look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter four, Proverbs chapter four, uh, and look at verses 20 and 21. Kind of going back to our original text here. Uh, yeah, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 21. My son, attend to my words, incline thy ear into my sayings. Let not them depart from thy eyes. Watch this. And keep them where? In the midst of thy heart. So guess what this tells us? That these good things, these good commandments that we should be receiving, guess where they can be stored and where they can be kept, they can be kept in the mind. So do you see why? And this is why, um, and I, you know, I just thought about this. 
This is why it's so easy to say whatever you want to say whenever you want to say it, because it takes no discipline to do that. So when someone says something, whether from the Bible or whether from just personal opinion and you don't like it and you disagree, it doesn't take any discipline to just say what you want to say about it. You just go off the handle. But it takes discipline to even if you disagree, it takes discipline to number one, change. But it also takes discipline to control what you want to say. And then number three, it takes discipline to actually put this stuff, your the word of God in your heart. See, that's harder. That's why so many people can't learn to control their tongue because it takes work to control the tongue. It takes work. And so that's why the Proverbs writer, he wrote in verse 23 that you have to do this and it takes a diligent person to keep putting good things there. It takes a diligent person to train it right. It takes a diligent person to control and make sure that the heart's reflection is right. So maybe if you've been having problems with your tongue and with your mouth and learning how to control it, then the first thing, you don't need to worry about your tongue right now. You need to worry about your heart because the heart is the engine for the tongue. So if your tongue is off, then your heart is off. That's what the Bible says, right? So then number two, as we keep walking through here, if we want to learn to glorify God with our speech and how to control it, we got to learn to control the heart. But then here's, ooh, this is big. This one's this one's big here. You got to learn to control your emotions. <laughs> the emotion and the mind go hand in hand. So your speech is always going to be left field if your heart and your mo- and your emotions are not in check. So notice this. So many times uh, our speech can't be controlled because when we talk about something, whether we agree or disagree, we get too emotional when we talk. So notice when you think about this, when, when, uh, when someone does something that we don't like. So think about the last time someone did something that you disagreed with that you don't like. I mean, you initially, you just did not like it, okay? Instead of thinking rationally about it, we thought emotionally about it. Well, so-and-so says the Bible says this, but I just don't want to. See, you're thinking emotionally. You're not thinking rationally. So then you automatically disagree. And so then when that happens, then we say things and we do things that we shouldn't do. So here's an example. So you notice how we talked about we're in this social media age today, right? And how we can say whatever we want to say when we want to say it. <clears throat> so what social media has done, social media has trained us to literally say the first thing that we immediately feel, right? So here's an example. So let's say let's say that there's a guy and a girl, right? And let's say either the girl disappoints the guy or the guy disappoints the girl, either or, okay? So let's say both parties are disappointed. And you know that you're friends with that other person on Facebook. And so those that can't control your emotions, guess what's the first thing you're going to do when you're disappointed in that person? And you know you're friends with them on Facebook. You put something like this on Facebook. Well, I guess some things just aren't meant to be. Well, I guess that this person wasn't supposed to. So you know what you're doing, right? You know exactly what you're doing but you don't know how to control your emotions. You're immediately saying saying what you feel. 
You see, you literally have to train yourself not to say what you initially feel. You know, I was talking to a girl uh, last year and she's a friend of mine and she was talking about some problems that she was having. And uh, one piece of advice that I told her, I said, so one thing that my parents and one thing that other people have taught me is no matter how disappointed that you are in something or in someone, don't put your feelings on Facebook. Don't put your feelings online. Don't do it because number one, it makes you look desperate. Number one, it makes you look passive aggressive. And then number three or number two, I can't count. (laughs) One, it makes you feel desperate. (laughs) Two, it makes you look passive aggressive. And three, it makes you look like you have no control. Because whenever, whenever something happens, you just, well, you'll just fly off the handle. You see, when things happen, you don't need to post those things. So you, we literally, like people, like young people today, y'all, like I didn't necessarily have to deal with this. You know, it happened later on when I grew up, when social media came in, but you guys have to learn when something happens, not to say anything about it. You have to learn to hold that back. So you have to train yourself not to say what you initially feel. That's a part of training your emotions. And so you notice a person that's wise when people do that on Facebook, a person that's wise can see through all that. They can see it through it a mile away. See, if you were if you were disappointed, just let me know. There's no reason to put it, put a whole thing on Facebook. There's no reason to put a whole thing on Instagram. But this is why we do it, y'all. This is why. When we're disappointed, we would rather get that validation and those likes and those hearts from everyone else. And we rather get the, so when you're disappointed, what we want is the validation. Oh, I support you, girl. Or I support you, bro. We rather get likes rather than being an adult and working through the emotion. But what we want, we want everybody to see what we initially feel. And we want everybody and their mom to leave a comment and say, well, I support you. So then naturally, what does that imply about the other person? That they're wrong and you're right. So what you're doing, you're uplifting your own self. And you know what the Bible calls that? P-R-I-D-E calls it pride. And so in your mind, you think you're getting support by putting it online. But in God's eyes, you're up really you're really uplifting yourself. You see, you got to learn to control that and rein that in. I've been there. I used to do that. Right? You got to rein yourself in. And so one thing that I that I've learned to do is even on my well, I've got a new Facebook account, but on my old one, I went back and I deleted all those all those posts that I, I was like, man, I was an idiot. Why was I, why was I putting that up there? I deleted it all. Cause I'm like, that, that's not, that's not what I should be doing. And so notice, so you got to learn in order for you to control your speech, you got to control your emotions and what you feel initially. And so if we can't control and here, let me tell you all something. If we can't control our emotions, it's a wrap. It's over because you're always going to say what you feel. Whether whether to the person directly, which can be wrong at times, whether to another person that knows the person, which is wrong, or whether within yourself, which in some cases can be wrong too. So if we can't control our emotions, it's a wrap. We can't control our speech. So notice, we can't even get to James chapter 4 without even finishing up in Proverbs. You got to control your heart and you got to control what you feel. 
So look at this. Look at here's a couple of verses I want y'all to look at. And I hope you guys are writing these Proverbs verses down because these are so good to go back and look at. Look at Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16, uh, verse 32. Yeah. Now this this shows us these these couple of verses here will show us how to control our emotions. So look at verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than he that is mighty. And he that's able to rule his own spirit is better than he that can take a city. And so when I was growing up, you know, I would I would look at these guys that were just, you know, jacked out of their minds, look like Superman that that can that can be more powerful than everybody else. I thought that was just like, that's a guy right there. Right. I want to, I want to be that type of guy, but growing up looking at, you know, examples of people in my home, when I'm looking at examples of other preachers that I've known and other good people, I said, well, that's not, that's not a real definition of what a, a good person is that can control their emotions is a good example is someone that can rule their own spirit. Well, because he is mighty than those that can overtake it with his fist. So it takes so much discipline to control your emotions. It takes so much discipline and effort. And that's why he says, if you're slow to anger, you're better than someone that's mighty. Look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter 12, uh, verse number 16. This is good too. And this one, I like how the ESV reads this one. It says the vexation of a fool is known immediately or at once. But the prudent, they know how to ignore an insult. Think about the last time you personally felt insulted. Didn't you want to say something about it? Didn't you want to talk to somebody about it? Didn't you post on Facebook about it? You know you know what prudent people can learn to do? If somebody insults me, guess what I've, I can learn to do if I'm wise? Okay. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I t- just take it, but it takes effort to learn how to take an insult. But you know, you got to learn to control your emotions. You got to learn how to control it. And that's one thing, unfortunately, at times that I've learned in preaching. You know, when you preach something, when you preach on, on, on Christian living, when you preach on the way, uh, you know, when you preach on all these other things that we should be doing, and then people give you small insults and jabs, you got to learn to be prudent. And you got to learn to be wise, but you got to learn to take those, but then also keep teaching and keep having a loving heart. That's difficult. It's not easy. Look at Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25, uh, verse number 28. He that hath rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down, or he that hath no rule, right, over his own spirit. It's like a city that is broken down and without walls. He said, so no matter what happens, you're always going to be attacked because you don't have that wall up to protect yourself. If you have no control over your emotions, anything and everything that someone says or does or something that someone doesn't do for you, you'll always be insulted. (laughs) The Bible is so good, (laughs) y'all. Oh, man, it's so simple. So then look at this one. Here's the last one for this one. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. This one's out of the ESV too. I like how this one reads. This one says this. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. You know, 
you know, so many people, you know, there's so many things going on. And when something happens in the church, when something happens outside of the church, one of the biggest questions everybody says, well, what do you think about it? What's your opinion on this, Jordan? What do you think about it? Here's, here's my response for the, for that question. What's your opinion about it? And what do you think about it? Number one, I'll always try to say, well, this is what God says, because God always says something about it. But then two, if I don't have an immediate answer, I won't say anything. Well, I don't have to, you don't have to say something because someone asked you a question. Hey, what do you think about it? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm just going to get more information. Hey, what do you feel about it? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know enough. Don't, you don't have to say anything, but guess what that takes? It takes discipline. So when something happens, everybody has an initial feeling on something, but not everybody knows how to hold it back and process it and then go back. Everybody just initially, mm, I can't believe you said that. Oh, I can't believe they want me to do this. Oh, I can't. You see, those are people that aren't wise yet. A fool gives vent to his spirit, but a wise man knows how to hold it back. That's good. So in order for us to glorify God with our speech, we got to control the heart. Then number two, you got to learn to control your emotions and what you feel. But then number three, here's, here's a really good one too for us. You have to learn to control your environment. See, God gave you two feet for a reason. Maybe it's time to learn that you don't have to be where everyone else is. So many times we can't control our speech because we haven't learned to move away from people who can't control it either. So if there's a group of Christian people over here that can't control their speech, but you're trying to, but you stay over there, you're not going to control it. So sometimes you have to remove yourself from the situation so you can control your speech. Does it mean you don't help them? No, you still help them, but still you don't have to be around it. See, God gave you two feet for a reason. You got to move away from those who, who haven't learned to control their emotions and their heart either. So did you know that all of this stuff is on us? So who else has control over your heart? Nobody. Who else has control over your emotions? Nobody. Who else has control over your environment? Nobody. But who do we blame? Everybody. You see, we got that, we got that backwards. You got to learn to control your emotions and your environment and your heart. So we can control these things, but we choose not to because number one, well, we want to be a part of the group. We want to laugh. We want to have fun. We want to be included. So we want to be a part of the group too. We want to know the inside jokes. We want to know all that stuff. Do you really got to know it though? I understand it. I understand the temptation of wanting to know those things and wanting to be around. I understand it. But do you have to be there? Then number two, we really don't want to be different. Well, you know what? I just don't want to be seen as that strict Christian. I just don't want to be seen as that that person that just just always doesn't want to have fun. and I don't want to be seen as that guy. Well, the Lord called you to be that guy. The Lord called you to be that girl. You know, how do I explain this? Because um, I want to be wise in how I say it. Um, so when you follow the Lord's will 
And when you do what he wants you to do, there's always, there's always a natural weeding out process because when you do what he wants you to do, other people and even other Christians are going to start talking about you. So in your life, if you're always deemed as kind of, uh, you know, well, you're trying to follow the Bible too close. Well, you're a little too overbearing about this. Well, you're too, well, wait a second. If we're following what the Bible says, then I guess God is too overbearing about it. Well, I guess God is too strict about it. So this is why, again, going back to that Proverbs verse uh, in Proverbs uh, uh, twelve sixteen, where the prudent knows how to take an insult. You know, they're really not talking bad about you. They're really talking bad about Christ. And so sometimes we're we're so afraid to be different. And, and trust me, guys, even today, even today, guys, I understand. And it's hard. I can't tell you. And even I have the temptation sometimes of, man, I, maybe I am being too different. You know, maybe I am just being a little too, too much. You know, maybe that's why some things haven't happened because, you know, I understand it. And let me tell you guys, it's it's not easy. It's not. And I can understand it from y'all's point of view from for as young people. I know it's hard. You know, at school, it's hard. At home, it's hard. And unfortunately, sometimes in the church, it's hard. But, you know, there's there's a there's something I heard yesterday. Uh, I think it was, it was a poem or a song. And it said, I'm tired of being the odd man out. I'm tired of being the odd man out. You know, Lord, when will it be my time? I'm tired of being the odd man out. And then it ended by saying, by looking at it in Christ's point of view. He said, look at me. I've always been the odd man out. So, you know, when you when you even look different among Christian people, you know, that's actually a good thing. You know, that's actually a badge of honor. And sometimes, you know, it can seem lonely in the moment. But if you if you if you're different from other people, that's a badge of honor. Because Christ was the odd man out too. People say, well, why are you saying you're the son of God? Because I am. Why are you saying you're the Lord of the Sabbath? Because I am. Why are you saying that you're the son of man? Because I am. And because he said these things, they killed him for that. And so being different is who we're called to be. And so don't let someone else's inability to want to be different stop you. Okay? And, and I know that's difficult. And I know that's that's not something that, you know, that you'll master in a day. That's It's very hard. It's still hard for me, but we're called to do it and we can do it. Okay. Then number three, the reason why we can't control our environment is because we can't handle being alone. You know, a lot of times loneliness is one of the worst feelings in the world. No one wants to be alone. You know, so, you know, we always want someone there with us, but sometimes you got to walk by yourself sometimes. And if you're in places where, you know, you got to control your environment and you got to walk away and you got to back up for a little bit, you have to be okay with being alone for a second. You know, maybe that'll help them to realize, hey, maybe I should have been better. Maybe that'll help others to realize maybe I need to look at. So maybe you can help others by you doing the thing you're supposed to do. Look at this. Look at Proverbs chapter 13. Here's the last two verses here. Uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty. He that walks 
with wise men, they shall be wise. But a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know, walking with wise men, find wise men, find wise women, right? And so notice, if you walk with them, you'll be wise. But if you're a companion of fools, you'll be a fool too. Then jump down to chapter 14 and look at verse number seven. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you perceive not in him the lips of knowledge. And so we can learn to control our environment. So Avery, to answer your question, in order to learn to glorify God with your speech and how to control your speech, you will not and I won't be able to do it. And we can't if we're not going to control the heart. Then we can't do it if we can't control our emotions. And then number three, we can't do it if we won't control our environment. If even one of these things, let's say you control your environment and let's say you're really good at controlling your your emotions, but you don't control the heart, it's still not going to work. You have to be able to do all three well. Then you'll be able to control the heart and you'll be able to control your speech. And at the same time, by doing these three things, guess what you're doing? You're glorifying God. Man, that was Avery. Okay, I see you. Right. That was a good that was a good topic. I appreciate it. You know, I appreciate Avery's heart and and wanting to know more about this. And this helped me out. And I hope that this can help you guys out. I mean, it's just to learn from the scriptures, guys, it's just some of the most amazing things. And, you know, when you learn from scripture, you're going to challenge yourself. You're going to change. You're going to do things differently. You're going to talk different. You're going to walk different. You're going to dress different. You're going to. So if you're not doing these things different, maybe there's some things you need to check. And I'm talking to myself, too. I've had to learn to, to change these things, too. So we're not saying this from a point of, well, I'm, I'm telling you how to do this. Well, I had to do it first. Right. So this is such a good topic. And I'm so appreciative of of Avery for that uh, for that suggestion. I hope that this was able to help you guys, too. Um, so thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. I always appreciate y'all support. Again, if you guys have any suggestions or anything, you can hit me up on Facebook. You can also hit me up on Instagram. This is where Avery actually gave me the DM on Instagram. So let me know there. Uh, you know, we're here to help each other out. We're here to help each other get better. And uh, Lord willing, we will see you all next Monday for another podcast. And we will have uh, another topic then. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you.